Hey everyone, welcome to the Overflow Podcast, where pastor, author, speaker, and consultant Jim Stern explores various benefits and blessings of life lived in the overflow of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love. There is so much to discover, to learn, to feel, and to see when God goes first and we live in the overflow. Here we go, back at it, back at it in the overflow, in the overflow. Welcome, welcome in. Here we go, man. Here we go. Hey, if you are listening to this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit the bell, the ding-a-ling bell, so you get notification whenever you get new content. We are revamping our YouTube channel. We're going to have a lot more content on there. We got Trexo whiteboards. If you haven't seen a Trexo whiteboard yet, go to the Bull Whiteboard playlist. If you're listening to this on, on podcast, uh, go to our Trexo page at Jim Stern Trexo at Jim Stern Trexo uh, and check out a Trexo whiteboard. It's a pretty cool deal. Uh, also, if you're listening on podcasts, this would be a major help for us if you could rate and review our podcast. Rate and review. Now, give us good stuff. Give us good stuff. Hopefully, I'm giving you good stuff. You can give us good stuff uh, and help us really get the word out. This podcast exists, this blog, uh, this video exists to provide content of life content of life. I'm not interested in making you a good person. I'm not interested in making you a nice little Christian. I'm interested in setting your life on fire in the name of Jesus in such a way that you can go out, enjoy the fire, and you can go out and uh, make fire, make fire for other people, make fire for other people. Man, I, I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but this past Monday, we just sent our kids off. My wife and I just sent our kids to school, back to school. Now, why this is such a big deal for us is because my son is a senior in high school. It's his last year with us. Ah, painful, man. I'm projecting one year from now, my son will not be living with us. And everybody goes through it. It's life. I get it. But man, I'm going to have to go through it. My wife is going to have to go through it. You know, it's one thing when you hear about other people going through stuff, whatever it is, kids leaving, my mom dies, a, a, a miscarriage, uh, you know, whatever the thing is. Uh, you can you can hear about it, but you, when you go, it's still you that has to go through it, man. And and so I'm excited for my son in this next season of his life, but also, uh, man, counting the days, man, because that light at the end of the tunnel when my son is going to drive away for the last time, never live in my house again, most likely. Uh, and so we are we're walking through that. I know many of you have been through that uh, as well, and we'll go through that same time I do. And, and praise the Lord that He's with us and carries us uh, along the way. Now let's talk about racing. Let's talk about running the race that God our Father has for us. I got a buddy, uh, high school guy. I knew him in high school. Then uh, we ended up in college together. Ended up in the same fraternity. Uh, his name is Evan. Evan is crazy. Uh, you know those guys that are addicted to running. You know any, any guys addicted to running? Evan is a guy that is addicted to running. He does ultra marathons. I never really knew much about these things. Uh, ultra marathons are 100 miles long, 100 miles long. And then he does all these other, I mean, like people addicted to running get into a lab and R&D, crazy ways that they can come up with running races, racing in all of these different ways. And Evan is in the middle of all, in the middle of all that well. This past May, Evan ran the base of the Grand Canyon. I didn't even know that was possible. There's a 38-mile-long trail that goes all the way across the bottom of the Grand Canyon, and Evan Evan got to run that. He experienced it. He posted pictures of it. Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, and I can I can I can 
catch some of the glimpse of what he experienced, some of the glory of the Grand Canyon by looking at his pictures. Uh, I've seen other pictures of the Grand Canyon, and they're phenomenal. And I could study a whole bunch about the Grand Canyon and talk about the depth and the length and the width and the river going through and all that. And I can read all of that stuff, and it would be great knowledge. But it is nothing compared to Evan's experience of the Grand Canyon. Experiencing something is far greater than just knowing about something. Uh, experiencing something is, uh, is powerful. It gives you a perspective you couldn't have in, in any, any other way. Experiencing something is far different than reading, than reading about something. And the same is true in the Lord. The same is true in the Lord. I can read and study about God all day long, but to experience him, you boy, to experience him is something altogether different. To come into the creator, into contact with the creator of the universe organically just creates intense reactions, just intense reactions. It, I mean, it must. You are in the presence of the, of the creator. That's not, a, that's not a mild thing. And what, what we see biblically, what we see biblically is that those people who are enthusiastically running God's race do so because they've encountered his presence. They've encountered his presence. To have an encounter, some kind of personal contact with your creator will just change, absolutely change the trajectory of your life. Not Bible study, not watching videos, not listening to sermons, not listening to podcasts or watching this video. Those things can be great. They can be great, but they cannot substitute for experiencing. They cannot substitute for experiencing the presence of God, experiencing him will rock your paradigms. Take your life and turn it upside down. Mess it all up. You're going this way. Turn you back and go in a, in, a, in a completely different direction. It's all about the encounter. It's all about experience. Consider as we, as we zero in on Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, where the author of Hebrews says, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us lay aside everything that hinders and the sin which so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So we look at Hebrews 12. We looked at a few weeks ago, Hebrews 11, that comes before Hebrews 12, 17 named people in Hebrews chapter 11 that are given to us as examples of the faith. Here are examples of what it looks like for people to run God's race. You know, one common theme that runs through every single one of their lives is this. Male or female, doesn't matter what, what era they were in, the call of God on their lives, the differentiation of the call of God on their lives, none of that matters. Uh, one thing that's common in all of their lives is every single one of them experienced, every single one of them had an encounter with God. Uh God appeared to Noah in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 13 and changed Noah's life. Abram experienced Yahweh in Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 to 2 and, ex and had a vision. Moses encountered God in a burning bush. Uh, and it just, it just goes on and on and on. Gideon had an incredible, incredible encounter just with an angel of the Lord in Judges chapter 6. And in his entire life, the trajectory of his life, the story of his life was radically changed in the overflow of that encounter that he had. And the Hebrews 11 stories go on. You can look at all 17 of the names and go track back their stories into the Old Testament and see where they had an encounter with God that changed the trajectories, uh, that changed the trajectories of their lives. And it's not just that they had an encounter with God in the beginning of their story. It is that the encounter with God in the beginning of their story launched them out in this new trajectory of ongoing encounters. 
uh, Noah continued to encounter, Abram continued to encounter, Moses continued to encounter, David continued to encounter, Rahab continued to encounter, Joshua, Joseph, Gideon, uh, all of them. They just continued to encounter the presence of God in their lives. And that fuel, that continued to fuel their, uh, their running, running God's race, continued to fuel running God's race. We see this exact same pattern happen in the disciples of Jesus. The disciples of Jesus encountered Jesus, did they not? Even the apostle Paul had an encounter with Jesus and their ongoing fervency, their ongoing enthusiasm, the fuel of their race, of running their race, all came from ongoing ongoing experiences and encounters with the God of, with the God of all creation. Uh, Paul writes, the apostle Paul writes a letter to this church in Thessalonica. Thessalonica, this place in Greece, just people. It could be the church in Houston or the church in whatever city it is where you happen to be listening to this. And Paul writes a letter to the, the, the Christians in that place. And listen to what he says about the way that experience changed the trajectory of their lives. Paul says he preached in the power of the Holy Spirit. When Paul preached the gospel to them in Thessalonica, they encountered the presence of the Holy Spirit through the preaching of the Apostle Paul in such a way that they turned their hearts from serving idols to serve the living and true God. They turned away from idols to serve our Father for the rest of their lives. Paul says the people in Thessalonica experienced the presence of God and the experience of his power was so strong that it led them to turn away. Here's this this trajectory changing reality, to turn away from idols, now to dedicate and devote their lives to serving the living and true God. Experience, encounter, changes trajectories and ignites racing, running the race that God our Father has, God our Father has for our lives. So, the question, very easily question becomes, when is the last time you experienced the presence of our Father? When is the last time you had an encounter with the God of all creation who loves you and cares about you and, and all of those, all those good things? Um, my, my experience is that for those of us who came to know the Lord later in life, I gave my life to the Lord at 26, answering the encounter question oftentimes is easier, can be easier than for those of you who may have come to faith in, in childhood. In childhood, I, I was in a bar, you know, I'm, a, I'm an adult. I understand. I see all the stuff that's going on. So I'm in a bar when I'm 26 and I hear the voice of God from my life for the, the, the first time. It's not the first time that he spoke, but it's the first time that, that I heard. Uh, and then I ended up giving my life to the Lord and my, my salvation was somewhat dramatic. And I've told this story in other places. The trajectory of my race was radically, radically changed from a life of whoredom and alcoholism and perversion uh, in the in the corporate world and doing super well to a life of holiness and purity and love and joy, uh, and then even eventually out of the working world into vocational ministry. I mean, there was just no part of my story that wasn't changed in the overflow of encountering the presence of God in my life. But again, the encounters just weren't at the beginning. God, my Father saved me into a lifetime of experiencing His holy presence uh, because He loves me and He cares about me. He loves me and cares about me. So. When we come to faith a little bit older in life, it's a little bit easier to uh, understand the encountering reality that is so available to us. But nevertheless, for those of you who gave your life to the Lord when you were younger, uh, experiencing His presence is still wonderfully, abundantly, 
sometimes easily available, uh, sometimes easily available. Now, I don't have any idea in your background what your denominational training was like or taught you about encountering the presence of God, but I want you to know it's, it's, it's possible. It's possible. The primary way that we experience the presence of God in our lives today is through the person of the Holy Spirit. We believe in one God, Trinitarianism, one God who's Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the economy of the Trinity, in the inner working of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is the one today through whom we are, we are most regularly going to encounter the presence of God in our lives. It's primarily carried out through the person of through the person of the Holy Spirit. And so if we're real squeamish in the Holy Spirit, if we don't have a lot of intimacy, if we're closed off to the Holy Spirit, if we're really confused about the Holy Spirit, all of those things can contribute to our struggle to experience the presence of God in our lives because the primary conduit, the primary person that wants to express the, the, the uh, experience of God, the, the encounter with God to us, is the person of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says in John chapter 3 that unless anyone is born again by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, you see Jesus teaching about the preeminence of the role of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul again says, now to the church in Corinth, not to the church in Thessalonica, now to the church in Corinth, Paul says, hey, my message and my preaching came to you, not in wise words or persuasive words, but my preaching came to you in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God, but on the power of God. Jesus teaching dependence on the Holy Spirit, experiencing the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul teaching experiencing the Holy Spirit as the manifestation of the presence of God because the Holy Spirit is present, because he is in you, because he is actively working. The Holy Spirit is actively working through Jesus. It is, it is wonderfully possible to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Hopefully, the Holy Spirit is working in your church. One great way to experience the Holy Spirit is to go to church expecting to experience the Holy Spirit. If you go because you ought to or you should, if you go just to clap, eh, that was nice. If you go to be entertained, if you go because your pastor's funny or cute or whatever it is and you just want to get a nice little word, you're going to have a hard time. You can have a really hard time saying, man, I experienced the presence of God. But if you go expecting to experience the Holy Spirit, and you should regularly encounter the Holy Spirit in your church. You should regularly encounter the Holy Spirit as you sing songs. It's not just about singing songs. You are encountering the presence of God in worship. It's not about just hearing a sermon. It's about hearing the presence of God, the Spirit of God in the sermon. In the same way, you should be able to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit as you read the Bible. We believe that the Spirit of God co-authored the Bible through the agency of man Man on his own did not write the Bible or bring the Bible together. The Holy Spirit, through the agency of man, brought the Word of God together so that when we get up in the morning, I get up in the morning, I spend time with the Lord, I got my little cup of coffee, I'm breathing, I'm relaxing back in as I open the book, as I open the Bible, I'm open it believing, I'm open it believing what the book says, that the Spirit of God co-authored this book. And so when I open the book, I'm expecting to experience the Holy Spirit. When I'm reading words on the page and a word jumps, man, I'm encountering the Spirit of God as I am enjoying the word that God my Father, God my Father has for me. Uh, it's really possible. It's really possible regularly, fluidly to experience the presence of God our Father in your life. It's very readily, 
readily experience or very possible to readily experience the Holy Spirit, to experience the presence of God in your life. Trying to run God's race apart from encountering God is very dry. It's very mechanical. It's very much I ought to or I should. And it's not, ah, man, you can you can just see these guys, these, these Hebrews 11 guys, Abram encountered the presence of God. And he's like, oh, we, we got to go. Moses encountered the presence of God. Oh, we got to go. And then we go forward into the Apostle Paul's life and his conversion. And the Apostle Paul says, and he encounters Jesus. The Apostle Paul says, oh, I got to go. And the disciples, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, they experienced the presence of God. And they said, oh, man, I got to go. So many incredible stories of running God's race in the scriptures that are all connected to encountering God and being introduced into a relationship of ongoing encounter of the presence of God in the lives lives of God in the lives of people. So how long has it been? How long has it been since you've encountered the one who loves you? How long has it been? You can do so right now. You can experience the presence of God right now in your life. You absolutely can. The spirit of the living God is upon you. If you are in Christ, the spirit of the living God is upon you. Take a big deep breath and relax. Relax back in. Man, experiencing the presence of God is not something we manufacture. It's not something we strain ourselves into because the Spirit of God is on us and He loves us. It's a presence that we relax back into and embrace and soak into and enjoy. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you that you would encounter the Lord Father in the name of Jesus. So many listening today, watching today, and in whatever reading today, however they're engaging this content, Father, that need to experience your presence. Father, even as I'm praying now into the future, as they hear it in the future, for when I'm recording this, Father, that you will meet with them in a very, very powerful way. These are your children. What father wants to withhold himself from his sons or his daughters? And so, Father, manifest yourself to your people today through this prayer. Let their hearts be rent, Holy Father. Let them encounter you through your Holy Spirit. Let them know your love, your wisdom, your correction, your encouragement, your empowerment for their lives, Father God. Let them know that you are there, that you see them, that you hear them, that you know them, Holy Father, and that most of all and above all things, Father, that you love them, that you love them. Father, thank you for making yourself so readily available for us through your Son and the outpouring of your Spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for spending time with us, man. If this has been helpful to you, hit the subscription button. Hit the subscription button. Turn on that little notification thing, that little notification thing, and then share this on all your social media channels. We'll put a link in the body uh, of our uh, of our descriptions where you can give if this ministry is, is meaningful to you and you can help out financially, trexo.org backslash donate. Uh, otherwise, we'll put some other resource links in the uh, in the header or the captions, whatever those things are called. Uh, and it's uh, it's always good to be with you as we seek together to learn how to live, learn how to live together in the overflow. Thank you for joining us in the overflow. To find a blog connected to today's session where you can engage with Jim and others, go to trexo.org forward slash blog. This podcast is made available through the gracious giving of people just like you. If you would like to help us bring more people into the healing waters of our Father's love, you can do so at trexo.org forward slash donate. We will be back next week for another edition of Overflow.